and I don't know how, how many of you have known in, in the corporate world, if you ever go into a CEO's office, a lot of times his desk is a little higher on a platform than the people that come in and see him. And the chairs that sit around his desk are just a little lower. And I've seen it made fun of in movies. It's a wonderful life. You see it in there. Where he goes in, he sits down, all of a sudden he's down way, and the big guy with his cigar is sitting up above him. See, that's like most small G gods. But our big G God came down off his throne and came down and sat with us. That is being humble. There is no other God like our God. So loving and so humble. Several weeks ago, I had, uh, going through my uh, YouTube, and if you ever go into YouTube, they go, this has been suggested for you. And the message of this pastor's sermon that day, and I, I spoke about this on a Thursday night. I don't know if anybody was here or not. The message that he had was seven kinds of people God cannot save. Well, my curiosity was piqued. I sat and listened till I couldn't take any more. <laughs> the strange thing about this, and I'm going he read his text first. He used Luke eighteen verses nine through fourteen. And I'm not going to read it to you, but I, I, you'll recognize it. It's about two people, two men had gone to the synagogue. One was a, a publican and one was a Pharisee. And the Pharisee sees the publican go up and, and give uh, his prayer to the Lord and says, Lord, I am a sinner. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm just not who I want to be. And the Pharisee stands there and goes, Thank you, God, I'm not like him. I do this and I do that, and I am so righteous and I am so full of it. And, you know, I'm glad I'm going to heaven and he ain't. That was, that was his message. That was, that, was, that was the text of what he was going to pray about, about the seven people who God cannot save. But before his message, he related a story, which I'll relate to you, and it prompted me just to turn the video off. This pastor, and if I told you his name, you would all know who he is. He said uh, to his congregation, after giving those verses of the people God can't save, he started this little message. He had been on a plane and wanted to get in his seat and sit down and just sleep on the way home because he had been out preaching for 18 hours a day. And the man sitting next to him 
looked at him and he said, I could see it coming. Said he looked at me and he says, You're that right wing conservative preacher, aren't you? And he goes, Well, yeah. He says, Well, I'm an atheist and I don't believe in your God. And I don't even believe in hell. To which this nationally unknown preacher, his words were, and this is a quote. I went back and listened to this part just so I got you the quote. Well, it's still there, and you're still going. God forbid I should stop you. Enjoy your trip. To which he said, I enjoyed saying. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed saying it to him. To which his congregation applauded. Think about that. Go back and listen to the text he was using. The Pharisee and the poor sinner who did not understand. And the example he just gives. You're going to hell. Well, first of all, Jesus says, I do not come to judge anyone, and my Father does not judge anyone. So who are you to judge? Who are you to make that judgment of? Especially who's going to hell? Just a thought. There is such irony in this man's message. I did not always hold him in the highest regard. I agreed with some of the things he said. But I can't stand to even listen to him or even look at it anymore. Because you're going to hell and I am glad. And us and them. I am the Pharisee and you are not. I am great and you are not. I am rich and you are not. I am white and you are not. I am black and you are not. I am a Republican and you are not. I'm a social progressive, and you are not. I care about them, and you do not. We separate ourselves. And nowhere does the Father say, separate yourselves. We like to make us and them because it makes us feel better about us. It's easy to knock somebody down for whatever reason. It's easy to exalt yourself. But God came and humbled himself and did not exalt himself. Us and them. Separation. Ruled by man and not by God. God loves us in a seamless unity of the Trinity and love. Of course, my mind goes, all right, Jesus used some us and them things, right? Well, the best one I could find was in Matthew 23. And if you read through Matthew 23, it's sometimes called the woe verses. Woe unto you, you blah, 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 hypocrites and whitewashed sepulchers. And woe unto you, you do this and you do that. Woe unto you. And it's in Matthew 23. And I got thinking about that. He's just telling them what they're doing is wrong. He 
does not condemn them. He's just saying, guys, this is what, listen, this is what you're doing wrong. Because you see at the end of those verses in verse 37, Matthew 23, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou art killing the prophets and stoning those sent unto thee. How often did I will to gather thy children together as a hen doth gather its own chicks under its wings, and ye did not will. Let me paraphrase it. Pharisees, Pharisees, how I wish to gather you all under my love. That is my will, and you will not have it. His love was there, but they chose to walk away. There's other verses in, that I wanted to, to share with you on, on this. and it, I'm going to read this out of the message. This is John 12. Oh, the, the mirror. Well, we're, we're in the mirror. Look in the mirror and see what you see. It's always kind of hard to find in here because I'm used to Genesis being on the front and John's in the front. John 12.46 I have come to enlighten the world so that anyone who believes in me should no longer abide in darkness. If anyone hears my words and rejects them, I do not judge the person. For I did not come to judge the world but to save the world. The one who rejects me and my words has one who judges him. And the very word that I have spoken to him is the final judge. No one will escape the ultimate scrutiny of the word. I have not conjured up what I have spoken to you, but the Father who sent me has given me specific instructions to say what I do and the way I do it. You know, I've read, read over that, and I, you know, my... My mind goes to different things because in here Jesus says, well, I do not judge. And, and you know, we've seen where Jesus says the Father does not judge and the, the Father has given all judgment unto me. But there is one who, let me get this right. There is one, I do not judge, but I've come to judge to save the world. The one who rejects me and says my words and the one who judges him the very words. And what he says is there is one who judges him. And that's in verse 48. My words has one who judges him. Jesus has always already passed judgment on us. You are free of sin. You are my beloved sons and daughters. That is my judgment on you. But he says, somebody will judge you. And it, it's not God. So who, who makes... I don't know if this is the right word. And this, this is rabbit trail. Who judges us? We judge us. You are the you who judges you.
You can either accept the seamless union of love or you can reject it. It's not Jesus. It's you. Greg's theological class of the day. Ponder that. I have given you everything. I have set up everything for you, but you choose not. There's even another nice place where we, in the Bible, where Jesus dealt with us and them. And it was some of the uh, disciples one day got together, and it's in, this is out again, out of uh, the literal translation, Young's literal translation, because it's in Luke and it's not in here. And his disciples, James and John, having seen, said, Sir, wilt thou that we may command fire to come down from heaven and to consume them as Elijah did? And having turned, he rebuked them. And he said, Ye have not known of what spirit you are. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save. And they went on to another village. That pastor I mentioned to you is James or John, either one you want to call him. Oh, let's call out hell and primfire and cast it down. No, no. That's not what I'm here for. But it's really funny, again, you know, when I, when I read message, so much I read in, in the mirror, I go back to other versions just to say, does that really say that? Does that really mean what he says in here? And I go back and, yes, it does. And last night as, as I was thinking about this, I, I, I'm going, my NIV or my Young's Literal or my King James Version that I, I go back and forth to, Give me that feeling as I am here and the Father is up there. Just reading it. One thing I've, I've said to my wife more than once in our marriage, dear, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's the attitude in your heart. I can go to my wife and go, yeah, I love you. Well, that will just warm her over. And it goes both ways. But if you only did, and I ingrained that on my kids from when they were very young, you know, to say, yes, Dad, I'll do it. That has gotten Dad's arms and lifted up and did a face-to-face session. That's not what's in your heart. It's what's in your words. But when I read the mirror, I feel included. And I don't know if you do too, but I feel included when I read this. And it's really... 
the same conceptual thought. But like I said, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. See, this is, yes, I love you. You just, you echo who I am. When I look at you, I am so pleased. But in these verses I read to you, where it says, he says, you have not known the spirit you are, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save. That is not in the NIV. Totally cut out. Do you think that is an important statement? Why would you cut it out? I have no idea. But it's true. It's left out. See, you have to know what spirit he is of. And that he came to save lives and not to destroy them. He is not an us and them God. Us and them is about a spirit you're following. Grace is not an us and them concept. Jesus did not use us and them to build his position There is no humility in us and them theme. In John 4, and again, I'm not going to go through and I'm not going to read it to you. You all know the story. John 4, 4 through 13. It's a story where Jesus and his disciples were going to Galilee, and as they were going to Galilee, they, they passed through Samaria. Samaria was between the two kingdoms. Okay, Israel and Judah. And a lot of times a, a good Pharisee would go around Samaria, the long way around, because the Samaritans, though they had Jewish blood, it was mixed blood. See, you're, you're not pure enough to be a good Jew. When my wife and I... Uh, first started going on vacations in Vermont, ran into a second cousin who was a little bit younger than my dad. Had, had known, you know, my dad had known. And it was just a funny thing. You know, my wife and then stepmother went to this little church and there was probably less people than there are here. And the pastor says, well, there are some new people. What's your name? And she gave our last name. And this lady turns around and says, which Aldriches are you from? Because she was related. So, got to know Elaine and Bernard. True Vermonters, if you ever... Boy, you want a caricature of Vermonter. Here's a man, probably built sort of like Gary, but he had hands like Popeye, because he used to milk his cows by hand. All of them, twice a day. And just a humble little guy, just wonderful. But I share this because we were we were talking, you know, with Elaine when we first met her, and I'm sitting there with my wife, and I don't know what the circumstances were, but Elaine looks at my wife and goes, but you're not blood. You don't count. You're not part of the family. And it's 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 been an ongoing joke in my family, you know, because everybody, all the the 
my son's wife and, you know, my daughter's husband. You, you ain't blood. <laughs> Everybody knows the context, so they know it's a joke. But she was totally serious. But that's the way the Jews looked at the Sumerians. You ain't blood. You're not one of us. You don't come from where we come. Us and them. But back to the verses in John 4. Jesus had sent his disciples on to go get some food in a neighboring village. And he stayed by a well by himself. And the Sumerian woman came to draw water from the well. And it was Jacob's well. And it had been dug by the... His, their descendants years ago, and they've always drawn water from it. And she comes up to Jesus, and Jesus says, draw me some water. And she, looking at him, knows. Now see, this goes both ways. <laughs> You're not a Sumerian. What are you doing here? Why should I do this? This is, this is our well, we're our ancestors. And Jesus, in his humble, loving way, deals with the woman and talks about the water of life. Jesus didn't say, Look, you half-breed Jew. I am the Son of God, and you better get me a drink of water because I can send you to hell. No, he didn't bring anything up. He just says, if you knew who I was, you would ask for the water I had. And he goes on to demonstrate his loving kindness to her. Never disrespecting her, never talking down, never going to the us and them. But he humbled himself, even knowing who he was, to show love. The Father's love. Because, see, Jesus didn't do anything that the Father didn't tell him to do. So the Father is telling Jesus, show my love to this. She feels unloved. She feels like she's not blood. But she is blood. And she becomes a convert and goes into the city. And and Jesus and, and... Disciples come back, what are you talking to that Samaritan for? Don't you? You're supposed to know things, Jesus. You're talking to one of them? How quickly we fall into that. Every one of you have fallen into that. You drive down the street and you go, oh, there's one of them guy living on the street, a woman working on the street, some guy driving his big Rolls Royce around, oh, look at all their money, lifestyles of the rich and famous, them, us. You're on that side of the fence, I'm on this side of the fence, us and them. John fourteen twenty. Boy, there's some verses that you really need to get into your heart. This is one of them. In that day they shall know that I am in the Father, and ye is in me, and I am in you. God lives in you. 
That is your blood. John 17, 22, And I, the glory that thou hast given me, I have given to them, that they may know that we are one. That's in John 17 when he's praying for himself, his disciples, and us. And he says, I've given them the glory. I did not separate us and them. I have given them the glory. See, God is inclusive. In our culture today, sometimes there's a, when you say, well, we all have to be inclusive. That's like saying, well, we all have to say, share the same sin. No, we don't. God is inclusive where he says, you are all in me. That would be really good. Boy, if I was working again. See, I, ne I never liked the diversity classes that I had to take at where I worked. Well, if we're all going to be inclusive, that means we're all included in God's love. Oh, you can't say that. You can't talk about that in the business place. You may offend someone. Well, we're all inclusive. Sit down and shut up. <laughs> Jesus was so different. I want to read this out of John 10. 24 through 30, and it's the amplified version. And so the Jews surrounded him, Jesus, and began to saying, saying to him, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are really the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, tell us so plainly and openly. Jesus answered them, I have told you so, yet you do not believe me. The works that I do in my Father's name testify concerning me. They are my credentials and the evidence declaring who I am. But you do not believe me, so you do not trust and follow me, because you are not my sheep. The sheep that are mine own hear my voice and listen to me. I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they will never, ever, by any means perish, and no one will ever snatch them out of my Father's hands. My Father has given them to me, is greater and mightier than all, and no one is able to snatch them from my Father's hands. And I and my Father are one in essence and nature. See, that's your position. So you're in the Father. But there's no us and them in there. The ones that have chosen to follow him. The ones who have made a judgment, yes, you are the Christ and I chose to follow you. Those are the ones who the Father has given him. In essence, he has given him everyone. That God came to save the world, or Jesus came to save the world. It is open to everyone. It is not an exclusive little clubs of bishops and cardinals and priests and prophets. It is everyone. But by Jesus saying that, how different is it is to say you're going to burn in hell? 
as we get further in future teachings and we think about our future conversations, we must take on a gentle and humble spirit. We must be very aware of the us and them mentality of putting people into categories. See, Jesus never put us into a category other than you are my son, you are my daughter who I love and I am well pleased with. He never said, you are not my blood. He said, I shed my blood for you. In Matthew 29, or in Matthew, and I don't have the chapter, but it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Follow me as my disciple, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for no blessed quiet for your souls. See, we need to find that blessed quietness for our souls. We do not need to go out and segregate people, us and them. And I don't care what category you use for your criteria, if it's wealth, if it's religion. See, God loves everyone. And sometimes we just don't like that. We want justice. But if we got justice, I'll go back to grace. See, the grace and the love of God, I cannot be pulled from that hand. And my, my own actions, the things I do in my life, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, will not pull me out of his loving hand. His grace sustains me. It is not an us and them between me and God. It's not a you and me. It's unity. Woven together. Unseparable. That we live in. We live in his love. And we ought to treat people with the same love that he treats us with. So be aware when you're walking through Myers. Don't become an us and them person. You'll find that you can reach out to people a lot easier if you don't do that. You might run into somebody that really needs to hear that you are loved. You're not a sinner. Sin has been dealt with. You're his son, you're his daughter who he loves and he is well pleased with. Yea, God. Amen.